Yeah, let's go. Alright. Play it, play it, put the money on it. Welcome back, analysis listeners. Welcome back to the podcast, Brittany Brown. Brittany. Yes, thank you for giving me that labyrinth. Give me yeah. that labyrinth. Come on in. The jacuzzi water is warm, and we've sieved out most of the vomit. <laughs> most, not all. Most, most, not all. Uh, so by our intro music today, we are going to be talking about euphoria. Season two, which I have, a, I just, based on the fact that this has pretty much taken over most of our consciousness when it, as, a, as a society when it comes to current content, relevant content, I feel we're going to get a lot of listens on this episode. A lot of people talking euphoria. Uh, a shit ton, as they should. I think that there's just like, there's so much to unpack just even between the two like short seasons. Like the fact that there are only eight episodes each season is kind of insane to me. Yeah. And I've heard it said, so this is not my take, and I, I have to um, put it back out to the internet, but I've heard it said that this show is sometimes, oftentimes, more fun to talk about than it is to watch, which <laughs> based on, so me and you have talked a lot about this show yeah. off air because uh, Sound the Siren, we are in a play together. Yeah. Oh, so in Chicago, if you guys want to come see, uh, see us in a play. Uh, the Factory Theater coming up at the end of March. We are going to be in, in a show called Last Night in Karaoke Town. Very different than Euphoria. But uh, but we talk about the show a lot, and there's a lot of pros and cons. And so I thought today we would unpack season two almost like Cat's pros and cons list. And we'll just draw a line down the middle of the paper and we'll talk about some of the good here and we'll also talk about some of the bad. And I think it is a, it is a polarizing show. And I think almost episode to episode, people's emotions in terms of whether this show is quality or less than quality swing. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense to you, the, the, the assignment we're going to do today? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So let's talk about, let's talk about pros first so i want to get your opinion like what do you think has gone well in season two well a few things that i can think of i'll you know I'll, I'll start with like some some you know smaller things and then kind of work up i am obsessed with um sue's um okay. lexi and cassie's mom i love that actress um i've loved her since like the early 90s and so what, what has really she been in because i feel like i've seen her face before but i've oh I, i'm so i loved her in the seminal classic sister act 2 she is okay. fabulous in that movie she waiting which is on on like oh she's the cranky Austin. waitress in waiting yeah, that's with her the, baby with the pubes Yes. Oh yes, my absolutely. God. That's where I know her from. Yeah. yeah the Ryan Reynolds in, waiting movie. Yeah. She's also in Legally Blonde. She plays, um, uh, I think she's Serena, the sorority sister who's Elle's friend. Um, okay. So she's been in like a ton of stuff. She's a really great um, character actor. And so I really love the expansion of her, of her role this season. She's had some really fun, um, hilarious moments. Um, I really loved, um, you know, and some of my things, a lot of the things that I really enjoyed were probably in the last two episodes. I really love that scene with um, Lexi and Rue. Um, 
I think that what I didn't get enough of in season one was just how, you know, they're supposedly, you know, best friends. And obviously, whenever Rue overdoses at the beginning of the series, um, there's some estrangement. There's, you know, a, a lot of like tension within their relationship. So I really enjoyed having that that really beautiful moment, especially because we've spent like the last, you know, couple of episodes I'm really seeing that like Lexi does take care of a lot of people in her life and no one's really taking care of her. And so then when Rue is the one holding her, I think that that's a, a really beautifully um, symbolic moment. Um, and let's see, I, you know, I love the expansion of Fez's character. Um, also, you know, seeing Rue, I don't want to say like necessarily like genuinely happy because I do like that she has that little moment at the end of the, um, at the end of the finale where she talks about how she's not sure how long she'll kind of keep her, you know, her streak of being clean because some days, yeah. you know, it's not, she, she knows that she's not fully doing it for her. Um, but so I appreciate like the reality of that, but I love that she, it felt like um, she got to have fun in the last couple of episodes being at Lexi's play and yeah. having like less, you know, serious moments while other people kind of, you know, carried more of that weight. Um, I do think that there were, you know, some interesting characters that were um, introduced this season. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of like what I enjoyed about this season is more in like some of these like smaller moments as opposed yeah. to like big overarching things. What about you? Well, well, we'll first go with what you said most recently about the smaller moments. And I think that really defines this season for me is there's a lot of individual moments that are kind of buzzworthy, like Cal's mm -hmm. dick out, yeah. you know, obviously like the, the, the shootout at the end, there's, there's these like really big moments, but what I liked so much about season one and, and I'm a new, I'm, I'm new to euphoria. So I just started watching it as season two was rolling out. So I caught up with the eight episodes and kind of joined in with, with the wave. And I liked season one because it had a very clean structure where each episode you kind of launched with a character and then it was introducing that character, but then also it showed the different ways that they kind of, all these stories intertwine with each other, which is very fucking high school, right? Like everyone's involved in everyone else's drama. And it was just like, it, 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 it was really clean. And this one, it, it there, I, and you know, a lot of characters kind of fade away. It, it was less kind of ensemble in this yeah. season. And I know I'm already, I'm already going to the right side of Kat's page with the negatives, but yeah, I think it, it had some really nice individual moments or really nice individual episodes. Like I think episode five with Rue's oh. relapse and, and obviously yeah. season one was very much about like gaining sobriety and season two is the relapse and season three is probably going to be some sort of kind of healing or recovery I'm guessing I think it's coming in like 2024 but I think um season or episode five was electric I think it, it was definitely the strongest episode of any of I think it was the strongest episode of any of the episodes so far in either season so I, I thought that was that was a big win I enjoy I still enjoy watching this cinematically I think that the cinematography is really it it feels like a movie it's very it's a very cinematic show and even just the way they shoot the play Lexi's play yeah. things like that I think work and there are parts of the story that work which makes the right half of my list with the cons so frustrating because there's a few things that 
I'm keying in on that I really like. So one of the things is what love does to us and how love trumps reason, right? And so you've got episode one and Fez's grandma and she has this line which just is like a thorn in, in your brain where it's like, I don't trust, love is an emotion that I don't trust. And you constantly see how love and chasing love for all of these characters does them dirty. So you've got yeah. Maddie who constantly runs back to an abusive relationship. You've got Cassie who chasing love with the same man betrays her relationship. And basically she turns from kind of a, the most empathetic character besides Rue in the show to the villain. She's quite honestly like standing on the stage saying, I guess I'm the fucking villain. I guess now. I'm the villain now. Yeah. You see Ash in his love and you know, he doesn't want, to ever feel abandoned again and, and, and the love for oh. his family, how that betrays his logic, you know? So I think that that is a constant theme coming back, I, I thought was pretty skillfully done. I thought even some of the metaphorical moments where you see the shame that Cassie felt with hooking up with Nate in the party, she's hiding in that bathtub, cut to oh. episode, that's episode one, right? Cut to, yeah. The final episode of the season, Ashes in the Bathtub with a gun, mm -hmm. kind of that, that love betrayal thing happening again. So it's like, th that's fucking creative, you know, like, like yeah. it gets me pumped up. I think the, the other one, which is, is what you're talking about with just the ripple effects that trauma has to other people, whether it's Cal's trauma, never getting to explore his sexuality, what's that, what that's done to his son whether it's Rue's trauma and what's that done to her mother and obviously like all of the relationships in her life. You, you just see, or, or Lexi's trauma and how Lexi and Rue are able to kind of bond over that kind of fatherhood trauma. And it, obviously it's in different ways, but I thought that was pretty, pretty skillfully done in terms of the storytelling. And, and I like the idea in the discussion of what makes a good person. And that comes back over and over and over again, whether it's Rue saying, I like hospitals because that they don't judge whether you're a good person or not, or her mom even challenging her saying, you're not a good person or, or Nate, Nate talks about how he doesn't care about being a good person or, or Fez, like, it, like, like the, or Cassie says, like, she's like, I'm not a good person or I feel like I'm not like, they're all trying to label and define like, what is a good person? And the show kind of explores that in different ways. Right. So I think some of those themes I, I did enjoy. Yeah. A lot of those themes I think are, are well woven into the show. Um, I, I like what feels like a very um, organic and, and naturalistic portrayal of like people who, who don't necessarily fall under being a bad person or a good person, but you know, people who are making choices and having to live yeah. their lives through the prisms of whatever consequences come with those choices. Well, I'll ask you, is Fez a good person? See, that's, what's interesting is that like a lot of people would probably tell you at, you know, at first, um, you know, pass no, because he's a drug dealer, but at the Who same time, smashes bottles on people's heads and, and like, you know, know beat, beats the covers shit out murders. of dudes at parties. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, you see how, He's such a caretaker, not just in the way that he takes care of his grandmother, but you see how he takes care of Rue throughout all of like, you know, season one, like, yes, he is still, you know, kind of dealing, but dealing, you know, to her in some degree, but at the same time, 
he is also like he has a line for a lot of things he does have boundaries and so he you know i that's why i love in episode five where he's just like no you have to you have to get the fuck out because i you can't i can't be responsible and like contribute to whatever you've got going on right now which is very clearly that she's um strung out and yeah. um on on something that he would have never given her um because you know he he seems to have like he does have like a moral code about those kinds of things um you see like his um relationship with um lexi grow this season his his yeah. friendship which he you know obviously hopes to kind of take to some other level and so when you look at that it's like again i think that it's that thing of yeah he's in a particular line of work that probably a lot of people would look down on and would think that, well, a good, a quote unquote, good person wouldn't necessarily do these things. But you see all of these character traits um, where he exhibits like a lot of, of really beautiful qualities. And I like um, the conversation that he has um, with Lexi when they're talking about like things that they have in common and he's just like well those are character traits and I like that a yeah person that was a cool conversation would, yeah I really liked that conversation he talks about like the you know that's you know those are good character traits and I just think that to label anybody even to label somebody like Nate who I would tell you I I think is on a lot of levels of a pretty vile character oh he's terrible um, he's definitely um, not a good person he's not no but but even then it's like you see the complexities in the relationship that he has with his father where there was obviously something i mean aside from the fact that he found his father's very creepy you know porn video collection you know with him you know fucking all of these people um you can see in that conversation that he has with his mom where she talks about like you used to be a really happy kid and then something just changed and then he talks about like having that nightmare where it's yeah. him on the bed while his dad is doing these things that he's seen in these videos and so you definitely know that a lot of traumatic shit has happened to him and i i think that that's what i find so interest like compelling about like kind of these character studies in these episodes are that you're seeing that all of these things that kind of contribute to what makes a person a person and you're kind of having to dissect for yourself how you feel about that there are a lot of things that i find absolutely disgusting about nate as a character while also recognizing that like a lot of some some very traumatic shit has happened to him in his childhood and then also recognizing that there there's traumatic stuff that happens there's traumatic stuff that happened to ash there's traumatic stuff that's everybody to, yeah. to, to a lot of people that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't still struggle to toward the light which i yeah. think is that's what um, Bruce chasing right and I, yeah. I i think that's well you see it you see it in in that episode too it's like really that when I talk about the cinematic elements of the show, when he's doing the fantasy about having a life with Cassie and you even see like images yeah. of her pregnant and pregnant. He, like he's trying to manifest in his mind, like what, like I'm going to show my dad, that's the trauma of his dad is like, I'm going to show you, I can, I can actually father a family and it, I'm not going to fuck up these kids. One. And I've got this, yeah, I've got this like fantasy of that. And, and even when you're talking about going to the light, I think that the Lexi Rue conversation is so nuanced with that because she channel Lexi channels her pain through her art, right? She like leans into the directing, and it's actually when you see her character like finally step out of the shadows, and she like takes command. She's that director, and she's yelling, giving the girl notes in the middle of the show, the way you're going to be uh -huh. giving notes in the middle of our show, you know. And then Rue, <laughs> she 
she goes the other way, right? Like Rue turns towards, you know, hurting other people, hurting herself. Mm-hmm. That like that that's the road she's taken. But because she's been able to see her friend channel it in a different way, well, maybe there's an opportunity for me to do that as well. And it kind of leaves in kind of a little bit of hopeful note as as she's kind of buttoning up the end of the season there. Yeah, I I also again I think that there have been some really powerful one-on-one conversations this season. A couple of other ones that spring to mind is that I really appreciated how painfully real the conversation was between Rue and her mom, where her mom was like, "If I have to choose between losing one kid and losing two kids, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on your sister yeah. because she's she's also she's been neglected a lot more." And, you know, I think it has to be incredibly difficult for a mother to realize that in trying to help one struggling daughter, she's, you know, neglected another one who's also been reeling from the the death of the father, um, who hasn't had as much attention because she was able to, you know, kind of quote unquote, keep it together. And I loved um, that Rue and and Rue was like, I get that. And, And I think that that's, you know, part of, you know, what... I think that that's a conversation that Rue probably kept in her head to keep her sober for the rest of the school year, because I think, it, I, yeah, it's just one of those things where I just think that that was a really well-crafted moment. I also love the moment with Cassie and um, Maddie in the bathroom at the end of the play where she was, you know, he was talking about how Nate, you know, dumped her and Maddie was just like, and it's just uh, the yeah. beginning because now you're in the cycle. I'm out of the cycle. And now you're in it like the in the moment with Nate trying to get the the DVD back from her and like holding her at gunpoint. I there was something so different in the end of that scene for their relationship where everything had this, you know, kind of the, you know, um, boomerang quality to it where it's like somebody will come back around and it felt so finite. Mm-hmm. that scene felt so finite for their relationship and she was just like nah like fuck that so then when she has that conversation with Cassie and she's like don't worry it's just the beginning and it's like it's a warning it's a like fucking take them like more so you could tell that she wasn't necessarily upset about what she did with Nate it was that she did it to her mm-hmm. and I and I also appreciate that because it would have been so easy to have made it about him um which I you hate to see two beautiful women fighting over somebody like yeah, especially Nate. someone as shitty as Nate. Yeah, yeah, and so but I, that's, I appreciated that. If we want to start to cross over now to the we the should. con side of our cat list, because I yeah, think staff. one of the things that I have on my cons is we needed more Maddie. I think there was a lot yes. of characters, and and this goes to and, and this is this is I'm, I'm smiling while I'm saying this, but. You know, HBO, they made a lot of hay in Game of Thrones, killing off characters and letting you feel like no character is safe. And this Mm -hmm. is going with that HBO adage, only instead of killing them off, they're just simply writing them away or erasing (laughs) Erasing them them from from the story. And I'm like, and and so like Maddie, I'm frustrated with what they're doing with her because she's almost kind of become this little punchline. And they're just, it's like, she doesn't get any arc where like her, she starts as this aggressive you know, scorn woman and like, we're still just going to keep doing that. We're just going to go to that well over and over just to kind of, for, for what? And I think that she, like the whole relationship, there's so many plot points that go unresolved here, whether it's the the debt to Lori that Rue has, whether it's Maddie and her relationship with her employer. Cat's sex work, the cat is gone. Cat is like there to be in the hot tub and like make faces during the play, but like they completely 
And I know you have a lot of information on how that happened. And just like, I, I, I just like, what happened to these stories? Or you were even, you even told me McKay was so written out of this season. I was like, oh yeah, like I forgot he's even a character in the show. I think that's like my, one of my biggest frustrations with the season. Yeah, I have, yeah, I have, and I, and I love that we've been talking so much about this um, off air at rehearsals because there are just so many things that, you know, we're infuriating this season. Um, Yeah, starting with like how the, the, how roles have been reduced this season. That's where I felt like the writing felt a little messy because I, I don't need everything to be resolved, but there were too many loose ends. Like with McKay, you know, we dropped, you know, that he was sexually assaulted by uh, the, some of the fraternity brothers that he was, you know, pledging. And that kind of just got swept under the rug. And then we only saw him in the premiere. um, And he barely had anything to do except to be creepily taunted by Nate after, you know, he had sex with Cassie in the bathroom. And um, I, I, I was really um, upset that he wasn't in more of the season, especially whenever I read an article where the actor also wasn't sure why he wasn't in the season and was like, I, I would like to be back on the show. And it's like, I, I'd like to have him back. I understand he's also the only character who's in college. So I understand it could be hard to place him back into the high school orbit. That being said, it did not feel like his storyline was uh, resolved in any way. So I didn't, I don't like him not being there. Um, I, where you feel like really bummed by you, Maddie's characterization, I will say that I do think that we did at least scrape, we got into some deeper layers of like some of her vulnerability this season, which I did enjoy. But I also understand that it, you know, there's are still times where they keep kind of going back to the well of like being scorned, you know, by, by Nate and like the, the on again, off again, toxicity of that. Um, But I think the character that I'm really most upset about is Kat's character development, which is that that... it went in the opposite direction. Um, Yeah, we had, you know, briefly talked about that, you know, a lot of what's being said there, you know, was an onset argument between her and Sam about her character because they wanted to explore, I think, an eating disorder kind of storyline. And um, she was, I, what I really enjoyed about her in season one is that that she is a curvier woman mm-hmm. and yet they didn't make that um like any of that insecurity a part of her storyline it was really nice and refreshing to see that and they in fact made it her storyline more of season one like exploring aspects of her sexuality that you know a lot of women would get you know shamed about exploring but she you know didn't seem to have like a a lot of shame behind it um but then this season you know things kind of went in the opposite direction apparently there was a huge blow up she walked off of set and then she started getting edited out of episodes so that's problematic like it's very problematic and then with that came like her relationship with ethan really took a back seat this season and then we get to that scene where she breaks up with them and you know fakes having a brain tumor and then it's just like why are you gaslighting me you know this is why people don't that whole thing I was just like this uh this is weird and I don't enjoy it and it doesn't feel well fleshed out at all and also something that we completely is like there was like a black screen that was watching cat and then we never revisited that we didn't 
we only revisited the one mention of her sexuality, which is that, you know, the Dothraki kind of Game of Thrones, like fantasy that she was kind of having. And then we also never came back to any of that. So it's just, so, you know, so bizarre. And yeah, it, it's strange. It's, you know, I, I think that the character has been given a lot of injustice just in terms of the process. And people talk, seems to talk a lot about the production of this show which i don't know if it's intentional or not but i'd like to clean it up and just focus on telling a good story at this point like i'm i I just think this guy and you sent me a really funny uh tiktok video of what the writer's room must look like for this show It's true. There are just so many little things that like, again, I don't need everything resolved, but it would be nice if like anything were really resolved from either either, like the, you know, the first season or the second season, there are just like a lot more questions going into the third season. And I think with there being so much time in between when we will see season three, it's just like, it would have been, it just would have been nice if like some of these things have been addressed, but you know, I've kind of talked about this with you, you know, with him being the creator, the, you know, the writer and the director, um, I kind of get um, what I like to call Ryan Murphy vibes, which is that there are, are a lot of great ideas, but there's not a whole lot of follow through, but at least, with Ryan Murphy, he's in a writer's room. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, Sam isn't, you know, in a room like hashing these things out with other people, but because he's, you know, the sole credited writer, I, you know, have a lot of questions about like how how you're keeping like a thread of everything that's happening that things like don't, you know, kind of get dropped off. Also with that, he's writing all of these things. And we're also getting like these interviews with Sydney Sweeney, you know, talking about how if she's not comfortable with doing topless scenes, Sam doesn't make her do them. And that there were like, I think she said like four different ones that she said she wasn't comfortable with, which then, you know, gets me to start thinking, it's interesting that you're writing all these topless scenes for her. That just seems like, excessive an excessive amount of you know a girl being topless especially when some of the um um full frontal like male nudity has not been real it's prosthetic Um, yeah it's prosthetics you know the 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 practical penis that they had to use for for cal in that episode where he's pissing in the foyer and Mm -hmm. um stuff like that it's just like another scene which which was one of those moments I was talking about that isn't yeah. like super connected emotionally. No, like it was just like then, a happening, but it was like, okay. It's been so, yeah, it's been, it's been memed. Yeah. It's there. Already. It's there to be memed. Yeah. But it was like kind of where it came from. And then the, the fallout from it was not nearly as impactful as I think they were planning. And I, I think, yeah, I think cat is the, probably the biggest gripe I have in the season. I, I also think, Jules fucking disappeared like what what did Jules really do this season besides just be there to get screamed at by Rue like she she's kind of and these were so many I I I had said it to you at I said there's like four other characters I think that uh, oftentimes are more interesting than Rue is even like I was like I was like I'm wondering when Rue is and, and I think she she definitely became the most interesting character in this season. But Jules was one of them where season one, I was just pumped up. I, I just thought like every character was had so many layers to it. There was just a lot of elements that made them interesting. And then Jules was such a nothing this year. 
Well, especially after I really loved her her special episode, the you know the the between the two episodes that were between season one and season two, um, the one that focused on her, I thought was such a beautiful, like a beautifully well crafted episode. She helped write it, which I think is super important. Um, which episode was, was that? So there were two like standalone episodes in between seasons one and two. Um, oh, one that was Rue. Them. It's Rue and her sponsor, and it's it's kind of, it's very play like. It's um just the two of them at a diner. Um, her and her sponsor going back and forth. Um, but then the second one is Jules is special, and it's um you know her in in therapy, and there it's very you would love it cinematically. It's so beautiful. Um. So definitely um, go back, but they existed oh, between the seasons. Yeah, they oh, existed between the seasons. So it's interesting. Um, and those came out, I think, like last year around New Year's. Um, and from that episode, I was really excited to see kind of where we're going to jump into season two um, with her. And then was, you know, interested to see once, you know, her and Rude were finally, you know, together. I was like, okay, where are we going to go with this? And then you're right. She really, she disappeared. I, I would say she had very little development this season. Um, nothing. I, I think what's unfortunate sometimes with Jules is that she doesn't exist a whole lot solely outside of whatever her storyline with Rue is. But I still think in season one, there was still, she still had like some outside interaction with other characters. So it did still feel like things were still happening to her. Um, whereas this season, she, it did feel like she was very isolated and she didn't really have anything solo from outside of Rue and Elliot. And um, that was really unfortunate because I think um, Hunter is a talented actress. Um, mm -hmm. And um, I really wanted to see, you know, more of Jules's, you know, her, her, her journey, you know, with herself, with um, her, uh, with um, everything that she's been, um, you know, kind of working with when it comes to gender and everything else. Mm -hmm. I, I just think that there are a lot of storylines that I would love to see with Jules that exist outside of Rue, and that just wasn't the case this season, unfortunately. Yeah, I feel like there just wasn't a, a big plan on how to continue to layer these characters. Like, the introductions were obviously like very engaging they you kind of get your hooks in you but now that we've mm -hmm. gotten introduced to everybody then it's like all right now what homie and I, I think some of these characters are fading which is sad fading they're fading which is yeah like you said like it's it's very sad to see and then also we're getting introduced to new characters that aren't very compelling to me um i am not interested in elliot i don't, you don't love the song, the song. <laughs> i don't need the song i'm just working on it no dude you have had that thing on spotify yeah. for the last three months don't tell well, me you're just it, working on it. Ex exactly and it was just like, like that was a crafted song yeah and it's like i understand the actor is a musician um but at the same time i was like it's not something i needed especially when we could have used the time in the finale to do just about anything else but like i'm not super interested in i wasn't super interested in elliot especially like although he did have an interesting line that i liked in episode five where he was just like he wished he hadn't said anything because he liked through how she was mm -hmm. I thought that was which i do i i do find that you know i there are things that are interesting about his character, but otherwise I wasn't, you know, very compelled by him. Lori is interesting. We also kind of dropped her in, in episode, after episode five, but there were a lot of interesting, uh, a lot of things that I had questions about that I was just like, surely we're not just going to like drop it and then like not talk about it the rest of the season. And then sure enough, that's what we did. Or like the Minka Kelly, whenever she came in and it just seemed very, um, like, oh, are we going to go into some weird territory with with her and and Maddie? 
Um, I thought for sure. I, I thought, well, and in the first, apparently the original draft of that episode was that her, entrant, whenever she asks Maddie help with her dress, the dress was supposed to fall and she was also supposed to be topless. Oh. Um, but she, she had expressed concern about doing that. She didn't think it was necessary. And so they were like, well, we'll take it out. Because it isn't, because it's also like that, why are we, It was erotic enough with out? just like a slow zip of the back. It's still, exactly, because it still had your mind thinking something may happen here. And guess what? You didn't have to see any anything else. And so, an, a, but another one of those things where you clearly know that that's kind of the trajectory that that character is supposed to have. And they have um, this, you know, a relationship that, you know, a, a grown adult shouldn't have with a you know 16 17 year old girl who she is also employing um so i'm i am intrigued to see if she comes comes back um but again it felt like at the end of the season it was just like huh well her introduction that was okay i mean it didn't really it didn't really go anywhere and if i guess if we expound upon it i'll understand the point but right now i'm just like it just felt like a way to introduce some sensuality where I'm not sure it was it was needed. And I'm not a prude. Like I no. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm down with but at the same time I'm just like But there's a cloud I'm, of over sexualization with this show that is starting to get pe- darker and darker. The people have already expressed because you know you've you decided to set it in high school. And I'm not things like this do happen in high school. I'm not saying that that's the unrealistic part of it, but I do think it's interesting to set it in high school when you could have set it just on the other side of legal in college and yeah. you could have explored these things in the same exact way and, and not much would be different other than their minors. I have one more thing on my cons list, which yes. is a little bit of discourse for me and you. And then I have a couple questions for you before we leave, but Beautiful. get the pitchforks ready. Cause I think I'm, I'm on an Island here. I thought there was way too much Lexi. I don't think her character is interesting enough or at least was interesting enough for the amount of time we spent on her character. And I know you said that was one of your pros. I also don't think Maud is a charismatic, Maud Apatow, I don't think she's a charismatic enough actress to hang with all of the charisma that's happening in this show. And I know that the character is supposed to be shy and fade in the background. And I just think, I think, that there were moments of the play that were fun, but just overall, I thought there's too much Lexi right now. And I think everyone's like, oh, how cute with her and Fez. Like, I, I don't, I'm not really connected with that relationship the way that the rest of the world is. Like, I, I actually don't think it's working. I just wanted to walk that out there. I actually think uh-huh. too much Lexi, and I think Maude Apatow is not uh, carrying the load. If, if that's what the character's supposed to be, I don't think the actress is carrying the load for me. That's that's my pink. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can definitely see that. I mean, I think for me, she was a, a fairly non-existent character in, in season one, and so I grew to be intrigued by what Lexi added to the universe. And so then, you know, when her part gets expounded upon in season two, I was I was kind of excited to, to see that personally, just because I was like, oh, I do kind of want to see, because it's kind of like what Cassie was saying, like nothing's, 
nothing's really happened to her. She, she hasn't lived, you know, Cassie's like, you know, kind of going off about how like, at least I've lived and, you know, written this play and blah, blah, blah. And so I think that that's kind of what I find interesting is that I think Lexi recognizes that writing this play is like the first thing that she's ever done, something that's quote unquote happened to her, but in actuality, it's about all the things that have happened to everybody else. Um, And that she's kind of there just in the orbit of it, but she's not, you know, a part of a lot of it. And so I think for me, it doesn't feel like too much. Do you think it felt like too much because it was, she wasn't, because she wasn't heavily featured in most of the season until the last two The last like four episodes. Well, you've got the, some of the Cassie stuff where they're reflecting back on their childhood with the ice cream cone and and all that. That was, that was a, that was when you started to see a lot more Lexi and then you start to obviously with, but I think there's just a lot of emotion that they, like there were, there's a lot of kind of buttoning at the end of the season, which relies on Lexi's scenes, and I just don't, I'm not, I'm not there, and I, and I think that the, the like her play being the mirror for all these people to see themselves in, everyone ends up like there's like that whole where the where the world of the play clashes with the world Message. that's mm-hmm. that it's commenting on, and, and I mean. God, if we could all have sets like that in high school or any theater we ever do, right? I that fucking just, wish. I couldn't get past just the, the set quality. I, I was like, this show's so fun in, in different ways. But like, I just, I I wasn't connected to the performance. Like, I just think there's like something missing there. And I wish I could express it deeper. But I just think it's too much of a character that I didn't have feelings with before. And I don't have strong enough feelings with even after I've spent time with her. Yeah, I mean, I didn't feel super connected to her in in, in season one. And I even after this season, I wouldn't say that, like, I'm still feeling the most connected to Kat, even though she got fucked. And, um, you know, even even Maddie, you know, kind of crawled up my list a little bit um, this season as well. Um, But I wouldn't say, like, I have, like, a super strong connection to her as a character, but I'm not, I'm, I'm still interested in where, um and where she's going to go and if she's going to get any storylines that don't involve her involvement in other people's drama which even then is still i think they're trying that with the fez thing Uh, yes yes and also fez fez talking about little house on the prairie come on no not buying it not buying it that man's not watching little house on the prairie i don't care uh, how weird his childhood is I would argue, I would argue, though, is that that's what makes Fez um, such a compelling character to a lot of people, is how multifaceted he is. I think it's- He surprises kind of you. Write. Yeah, he's, you, can, you can, it's easy to write off somebody who does what he does and talks like he talks to, you know, be a certain kind of way. But when he, him and Lexi are on the couch, um, you know, talking about how much he loves Stand By Me and they start singing the song, you realize that there are other sides to him, which we, you know, start exploring even from the beginning of this season. I do think that because I am interested in, you know, invested kind of in where, you know, the friendship or whatever it is between Lexi and Fez can go, that, in you know, inherently makes her probably a little bit more interesting to me. And that's probably because I really enjoy Fez as a character. Angus Cloud, I think, um, mm-hmm. does really great work. And also, I'm not um, fully convinced that he's not so different from <laughs> fez either in in some in some yeah. senses but i mean i really he feels very that, real so he does so he does feel very real this these so i had a couple questions for you before we say goodbye sure uh, the first was 
when we come back to these characters, will Fez be in prison based on the information we were given, which leaves a lot of doors open. They could easily blame Ash for the murder or anything. Like he could, the weapons, like everything could just get pinned on Ash, who we assume is is now gone, right? Do you think that Fez will be in prison or will he be a part of the show moving forward? I think he'll still be a part of the show. I don't know a universe in which we don't at least start off with him in prison. The He's so popular. That, yeah, well, and the problem I think that we run into with Ash being gone is that something like this, where, you know, clearly they were either staking it out or they were, you know, already prepared to come in, you know, guns a blazing to make an arrest. Um, is this a situation where they then, you know, take this character and like, you know, law enforcement wants to make an example out of him. I think he'll still be a part of the show, but I definitely think there's no way in which he doesn't at least start in, in jail, you know, you know, probably on in some form, like <laughs> whether it's like being questioned and like being like forced to, you know, them like Avon Barksdale or whatever. Yeah. So I, I, but I do think he'll still be a part of the show. I think he's really become a fan favorite. So I, I don't know a universe in which they wouldn't write him in. Yeah, because there's also a universe where he bleeds out from that gun wound and dies. So there's, there's a lot of different places they can go. They just cuffed him and like were, you know, kind of throwing him around. Yeah, he's like bleeding from a, an abdomen gun wound though. Yeah, yeah, from a semi-automatic weapon from, from Ash, yeah. unfortunately, which is that, that I do think one other thing I will say before you um, ask your, your other question or questions um, is that I do think there's a, a, a beauty in the relationship that he that ash and Fez share and like you talked about it with you know obviously he has a lot of um, a sense of abandonment and i think he also was starting to see that maybe fez wants more something better for himself and feels like maybe he would be holding him back which is why i think he you know kind of went oh that's why you think I, i was trying to think about like what was the motivating besides this if they take Fez away, even if Fez takes the rap, then I'm by myself. This is the only family I've ever had. Like I'm not going without a family in again. Like I thought that was kind of more the motivator. I, well, I think it, I think it's both because I think it's that Fez now I don't, cause I don't think that he would think that Fez would knowingly like leave him behind would just like go off and do his own thing. But I think he was seeing that with him, you know, going to this play and like this relationship that he's developing with somebody else. I think he was also starting to see that there, that there might be something else that Fez could want. And I think that Ash also doesn't know any other type of life. And yeah. so for him, I don't, I, I don't think he sees himself as someone who could transition into something else. And so I think that while he also fears being abandoned, I think he also fears being something that would hold someone that he loves and cares about back. That's just maybe me reading into a situation. And maybe if you ask Sam, he'd tell me to fuck off. But I just think he'd that, tell you to take your top off. But yeah, I well, that too. Uh, so that's 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 good. I I, I didn't see that, and and if um, it's definitely given me more to chew on in the noodle. The other question I had is. Do you think Elliot and Rue can still be friends? Do you think that's a, because it seems like they're leaving this, but he says, I'm bad for you, but it seems like they, you know, the song and everything. Do you, do you think that's a relationship that can eventually find a way to be healthy and sustainable? You know, I like to never say never, um, but at the same time, their entire relationship kind of, you know, started in a place where it, 
honestly, I just don't really even think it was much of a, a genuine friendship. Okay. Do I think that, I don't know. I mean, I think that on some level, they are two people who do intrinsically understand something about each other that a lot of people don't. And that can be a basis for, um, well, it can be a basis for a relationship, whether I think that it could be a healthy one. Jury's still out for me. Um, but I, I, I don't think that they're quite done with each other. I, I, but I do think that they both recognize that they're probably not the healthiest people for each other to be yeah. around right now. Um, but as we've seen so many times in the show, that doesn't mean you're necessarily staying out of that person's orbit. So I wouldn't mind seeing where else it could go if they could make Elliot somehow more interesting to me. And some of um, his songs slightly shorter. Um, or non-existent. Okay. <laughs> um, I, Man, they I really thought that that song was going to sweep the nation. Uh, so yeah. I'll take your question, then I actually have one more spontaneous question for you. Oh, and, cool. then we'll, and then we'll I, say goodbye. Yeah, I did have a, a spontaneous question for you. Um, are you um, somebody who, uh, how do I want to ask this? Pretty much, do you think that there um, is an unseen Jacob's child floating around out there? Oh, if you remember there, the picture that Cal took, there are three kids in that picture, if I'm not mistaken. I don't and we've, remember. We've, we've now seen that other brother whom, correct me if I'm wrong from season one, I don't remember him. I felt like that was like in that episode with him in the foyer. I was just like, he was at you? the, he was at the cook-off. He was, he was like oh, making faces right. at the cook-off. Enough. Yeah. But okay, I haven't yeah, seen yeah, a yeah. third brother. But it's it's like a lot of people, I don't know, people have been buzzing about it, but I did remember seeing the picture and being like, there's another kid in this picture. And it could be one of those things that like, you see it in the pilot, things become retconned and they, you know, you know, whatever. But at the same time, I do find it, I do find it interesting, especially because this season, you know, takes it off the wall and uh, whatever. So I'm like, so I just wanted to know if that was something that you had even, even thought about. Yeah, I have not. So thank you for <laughs> for uh, telling me about that. No, I, I just assumed it was a two brothers. I did not. And I mean, the people in the rewatchability of this show and just the, the fan theory dumb with this show, uh, not not surprising that they've, that seemed like something that's obvious. I'm surprised uh, I, I missed it. But yeah, no, if, if there is, I, I wonder how that will come into play in future seasons. Same. And if I, and if that's something that like I, in, in my like search for like wanting to like dissect like moments from the show, it could be something I'm, you know, incorrect about, but I've just like, I saw that and I was just like, I have a question. Yeah, no, that's good. Well, I guess my last question, the spontaneous question for you is I think it's coming back in 2024. So we have a full year of, you know, people filming with their clothes on and then their clothes off, but then their clothes back on again. Uh, yeah. When we come back in 2024 to this show, what are they going to be in high school still? Do you think they will have gone to college? Like, where are we going to be? I, we've already kind of talked about where Fez might be, but where do you think these characters are going to exist? Well, you know, a time jump could be intriguing. Um, I, I've never seen one really done, I think, this early in in a, in a show. So that would definitely be... Um, something I'd be like, oh, well, I never, yeah, never really thought about that. I don't know a universe in which we can't pick up 
senior in, high school? Yeah, in some general area around the same time. I'm not saying that we can't, you know, skip ahead a little bit in time, but I don't know a universe in which we skip to college and we don't get to see that transition. Or they could time jump, but then, you know, they fill us in via, you know, a bunch of flashbacks. But um, I don't know. that. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's super the style of the show. So, okay. um, yeah. yeah. I, and everyone loves a good high school story. I just, it, high school seems to just the world we live in sometimes it just seems that it's just professional high school and there's just something about that time that it's it's ripe with drama and storytelling so not not saying that that can't happen in college but I, I it feels it would feel weird to come back and have them not be in high school still so yeah, we'll we'll same. see what happens there same yeah cool. Well, I mean, we talked a bunch and there's still probably a billion other things that we didn't get to. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's, that's, I guess that's, you know, part of the strength of the show. It's, 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 uh, definitely has a lot going on that people can, can jump in and talk about. And a lot of people seem to be enjoying that experience. So, uh, pros and cons list completed. We'll see, we'll see, uh, the response. And, and if anyone comes after me for, for being on Lexi Hater Island, but, I appreciate I, you I, coming in. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, I think that that's what, whether you, whether you're someone who enjoys the, the show or not, whether, you know, you're somebody who thinks it's well done or not. I think that the show, if anything, provides a wealthy amount of discourse that you can have, which I think. Oh, yeah. It's very polarizing. Pers- very polarizing. And also there there is so much to dissect and to digest. So I think that. Um, you know, say, you know, whatever you want about, um, you know, Sam Levinson or, you know, anything about the show in general. But I think that a show that engages you in being able to have conversations like these is at least doing, you know, a few, a few things, right. I really enjoyed season one. I enjoyed season two, a little less. So will I watch season three? Absolutely. Hell yeah. And honestly, I think that that means <laughs> that the show is probably doing its job. Yeah. I would much rather have a euphoria show that mostly gets me uh, thinking and feeling and every now and again annoys me than not having it at all. So Absolutely. yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to smash the subscribe button. You wash your hands, you stay safe, and we will see you down the road. We're going to play you out with Elliot's song. Not the whole thing. Oh, oh my God. Bye. <laughs> Little star Feels like you fell right on my head Gave you away to the wind I hope it was worth it in the end Yeah, I hope Think you may be my only friend I gave it all to see you shine again I hope it was worth it